Hey, my friend, it's Julie Clough here, your life and grief coach. Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast. I'm grateful to be here with you today to sit in this space and be, be in the grief and be in the healing, to create space for peace and to share hope for rebuilding your life one small step at a time. Let's get started. Hi, my friends. Welcome to episode 161, Getting Unstuck with Julie Hawks. In this episode of the podcast, we welcome our guest and my friend, Julie Hawks, to talk all about grief and anxiety and rebuilding. Julie has a remarkable story of overcoming anxiety after the death of her brother plunged her into a very dark and painful space. She shares her experiences and the decisions and steps she took to build a better life for herself and her family. Before I share a little more about Julie, I want to share a little bit about what's happening here at Build a Life After Loss. I am, as you know, as I've been reporting, I'm in the middle of a move from Utah to Tennessee. We're going to be moving south of Nashville. And there's a possibility, depending on when I can get my equipment set up in my new home, that we might be taking a little bit of a break on the podcast in July. I'm guessing it might be a week, maybe two. I'm hoping that we don't take a break, but there's always that possibility. So just know that that might be happening. So if I don't show up for a couple weeks, don't panic. I'm coming back. (laughs) I just wanted to make you aware. And we've had some strange technology hiccups lately too. We've, We've had a couple weeks where the episode was a little delayed because uh, because of some strange technology glitches. One was just not that long ago where the service that hosts our podcast, for some reason, wouldn't let us upload anything to it. It said our storage was full, which we knew it wasn't. We hadn't used up our storage for the month. It was saving some files and some strange ways and even reaching out to the company, they didn't understand why it was happening either. But I think all those glitches are are solved and, and we're here. It's funny that after, what is this, three and a half years, that all of a sudden strange things show up that are unexpected. But we're always so grateful to show up here every week, and we're grateful that you show up here with us. So let me introduce you to Julie Hawks. Let me give you a little background on her, and and then we will jump into the interview. Julie is the creator and owner of Life Balance. She's a mentor, speaker, and energy coach. She has helped hundreds of people reconnect to their hearts and God, have better relationships, manage anxiety and depression, and reach their goals. She is passionate about what she does and gets so excited about the changes clients see in just a short time after working with her. On a personal note, Julie was raised in Southeast Idaho and has seven children and one grandson. She met her husband at the local grocery store and was tricked into going out with him. Thank goodness. Now they've been married for almost 31 years. She loves sushi, chocolate, and mountain biking. Here's the interview. 
Welcome. We're so excited to have Julie Hawks joining us today. Julie is a very good friend of mine, and we have just really enjoyed getting to know each other and working together and doing all kinds of fun things. So Julie, why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Julie, and I am an energy coach. I help people to figure out what pain is keeping them stuck so that they can't that they can't move forward i help you find like old emotions or old trauma or anything that keeps you just really struggling and then i help you to let it go and then give you the tools you need to change your habits and your thinking long term so that you can create that life that you love i love that Thanks. I also have seven kids, but they're mostly out of the house. My my number six is headed to Utah State in the fall. And so it'll just be our one son who is 16 at home. We are grandparents of a sweet 18-month-old little boy. And we really enjoy mountain biking. Now that our children are mostly out of the house, my husband and I like to do some mountain biking in our free time. That is so fun. Yeah, so Julie is a kindred spirit. We <laughs> we love the work that we do, and we mastermind together a lot. And I invited Julie on to talk a little bit about her own experiences with loss and grief and how that's informed her journey and her coaching and so forth. So, Julie, why not, will you share a little bit with us about you know, what your experiences have been with loss and grief up to this point in your life? Yes. About 21 years ago, you know, it was just a regular day doing regular things. When uh, my dad came and found me, I was actually up at, uh, at the college taking some classes and he came and found me and informed me that my brother had passed away. He was 23 his wife was expecting their first baby, and he, um, he he died in a drowning accident. He was with my dad out on the sailboat. And if you've ever been sailing, you know that there's this lifeline that goes around. The, it's, a, it's a still cord that goes around the edge of the boat. And when you lay out of the boat, it's called healing out so that you don't fall in the water. That lifeline holds you up. Well, the lifeline broke, and my brother fell into the water and, and drowned. And... And it was a really, really difficult experience for our family, and especially for me because it felt like a catalyst. Of, uh, I had some other things that were going wrong in my life. My husband and I were struggling financially. We had four small children, and I just, it was just like the straw that broke the camel's back, and I fell into almost a complete breakdown. I would sit in my living room all day, every day, and I would just sob and shake and I couldn't take care of my children. Someone had to come in and help with the kids. Someone had to come in and cook meals and clean. And it was a really difficult, difficult time in our lives. And um, it was my daughter's birthday just shortly after my brother died. And she was turning, she was turning seven and she came and she pulled on my pants one day and she said, mom, because Matt died, does that mean I don't get a birthday? Wow. And it was so hard because I knew I wasn't really capable of putting on a birthday party for this child, but it didn't feel like she should be able to miss out just because I couldn't function. So a family friend came into the house and she put on the birthday party and she did everything. And while they had cake and ice cream and open presents, I just sat there and cried through the whole thing. And um, one day my mom said to me, she said, Julie, you have to get better. Your children need you. 
And I knew she was right. And I wanted to get better more than anything, but I just didn't know how. I uh, went to the doctor and got diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And I started some medication and that made a huge difference. Uh, it got me back to functioning, but I still really struggled every day just to feel normal, just to feel like peace. And so I spent the next 17 years doing a deep dive study into anxiety, into some of those, those mental challenges that we have. And I found some stuff that really, really works. And I found some stuff that doesn't work. I think I tried everything except for smoking weed. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I found some things that really work. And so that really uh, pushed me to want to help other people. And so now I'm really super passionate about helping other people so that they don't have to go through the same pain that I've been through. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That is just, I mean, I could, I could feel myself in your story. You know, it's interesting too, as you were mentioning, like your brother was 23. When my brother died, he was almost 23. It was just before his 23rd birthday. Um, and, and then having to put on a party and it should be a happy time. And all you can do is cry and feel sad. Like, uh, I'm sure as you're listening, you're relating to Julie's experience too. It's just, um, just devastating and so shocking it is and and it's amazing how when you're in that grief space how overwhelming it is the feelings just feel so huge and so big and so um almost unnavigatable it's like i don't even know what to do with all of this yeah which just like when your mom comes to you and say hey julie your your children need you it's like I want to do this, but what do I do? Like, it's not that I, that I want to be in this space. I don't, I don't want to be so overwhelmed with all these emotions, but I don't know what choice I have. Exactly. Yeah. Because no one teaches us how to move through this. No, no, it's so true. It's so true. So what, so in that moment, when your mom comes to you and you're like, okay, but what do I do? Like, I know, you know, you talked about, like, you've spent all these years studying this. And I know you have, because we've had long conversations about this. But what what were some of the early things that helped you to just shift even a little bit? Is there anything you can specifically remember? Absolutely. I got, a, I had the best therapist in the world. And I, I believe everyone needs a therapist. But what she did was she helped me to correct some of my thinking. She helped me to see that just because I was thinking something doesn't mean that it's right or it's real. So one of the habits that I had was, was going from zero to 60 in like two seconds from, from this is a small problem to this is the worst thing in the whole wide world. Let me give you a quick example. We were struggling financially. And so I would, I would imagine what it would be like to live in my car with my four children. I'm like, well, oh, where will wow. we go to the bathroom? And, and, and where, where, how will I feed them? And is it reality that I was going to live in my car? No, but that's what anxiety does. That's when we get twisted in our heads. We're not thinking clearly. And all of these thoughts cause us so much pain. And so, uh, so my therapist helped me to see things more clearly. She helped me determine what is real and what is not real. And then helped me to manage those thoughts uh, and, and figure that out a little bit. And so that made a difference. And then I would tell her a goal. I'm like, okay, well, I want to be able to do this today. And 
and she would say, okay, what does this look like? What does this look like in real life? And I can still 20 years later, hear her in my head saying, okay, Julie, what does this look like? If this is what you want, how do you get there? And then she would help me walk through some of those steps that I could get through it. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting that you mentioned habits because I found that when, when we have a need for medication to interrupt the cycle of anxiety or depression, that, that even though we have the chemistry now to do that, we bring into that space, the habits that we've developed while we were chemically imbalanced. So it's still, it's not, it's not just the medication is it? It's the intervention as well as the medication. It's the looking at the habits that have developed, the coping habits that have developed that maybe weren't healthy and re-examining those and making small incremental changes. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. And I love the way how you articulate that so well. Yes, we have to change our thinking patterns. I would love it if there was a magic pill out there, a medication that just snapped you out of every pain you were feeling, but there is not. The blessing of medication is that it, it helps take the edge off so that you can make better choices and you can use the tools that you learn to help you to manage your thinking and things. And I think the thing that changed or fundamentally helped me more than any other thing was changing my thinking and telling myself a new story. And so I learned phrases that can really help me when I'm struggling. A lot of times I'll say, oh, this is just a problem to be solved. Or this is just a bad date. Tomorrow will be better. Or I'm okay. Even though I'm struggling, it's going to be okay. And when I would just sit and cry for for all day, I, my kids would say, mommy, are you okay? And I would look them in the eye and I would smile and I would say, you know what? Mom's just having a bad day today, but it's going to be okay. And so it's, it's learning to recognize that even though I feel pain inside, that there is a way through and there is a way out by the stories that I tell myself in my head. Instead of saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to live in my car with my four little kids. I would say, you know what? Let's solve this next problem. Let's take the next right step. And then that would ease the anxiety that I was feeling and give me the courage to take those next steps to solve the problems in my life. Yeah. And I, I love how authentic you were with your kids because instead of saying, I'm okay, you're like, yeah, I'm having a bad day. This is hard. And I think that's so instructive for our kids to hear that, you know, adults have bad days and it's okay that we're, that we're stuck in a bad day and that we're having a bad moment. And, you know, I find a lot of times as I work with people, they want to, and I get it because I, I did the same thing. Like they want to hide their grief. They want to act like everything's okay and go, you know, cry in the dark in the corner and go out to their family with the smile on their face and act like everything's okay. And I'm like, what, what if you just, what if you just admit it, that this is hard, you give everybody else permission to admit that it's hard and it's hard, but I'm going to be okay. Like right now is hard. I'm figuring it out, but it's going to be okay. And in that way, we give our kids, we give our family, we give the friends around us permission for things to be hard and know that we can move through it. Exactly. Exactly. Our kids need to know that everything isn't always um, peaches and cream. And then when they see us navigate those challenges, then it gives them hope that they can do it too. Exactly. And I I feel like um, a lot of times by putting 
our hard experiences and and I know you know we I know our human nature is to want to try to act like everything's okay like we want to hide what we think are flaws and it's, but it's not a flaw it's not a flaw to have a bad day it's not a flaw to go through grief it's not a flaw this is just part of our human experience but when we look at it as a flaw instead of like you said like this is just a problem to be solved this is just an experience to go through this is just my current um state of state but it doesn't mean that this is where i have to stay and and i, I just i i feel like it's so important for us to be more authentic in our feelings in our experiences instead of everyone feeling like they have to show up like an Instagram picture. Well, exactly. And I think what you're speaking to is replacing the shame around our feelings with that self-compassion and that authenticity that helps other people to know that it's okay for them to be hurting also. And when we treat ourselves without self-compassion, then we're able to release and let go of those painful feelings and, and, and when we let go of that judgment, then we're in a healing space. And, and when we're looking at grief and these challenges that we face, there's so much hope when we understand that we can heal, that we can move through this, and that we don't always have to be in this pain. But paramount, vital to that, is releasing the shame that we should be feeling different. Absolutely, because the shame just buries everything and makes it harder to, to move through what the underlying experience is. Uh Absolutely. I love that. So, you know, in your story, like that was a really difficult time, but what does life look like for you now? How has things changed? (laughs) Oh my goodness. You wouldn't even recognize me now. I have a thriving business. I um, am active in my community. I'm busy with my children. I'm doing fun things. But I think the biggest difference for me now is that every day I wake up with that peaceful feeling. Occasionally I'll have hard things happen and, and difficult challenges and but it's not so debilitating that I have to fight every day to feel like I'm going to make it through the day. When I back, you know, 20 years ago, I was just, I would just make it hour to hour. I'm like, okay, I can make it to 10 o'clock. Okay. I can make it to 11 o'clock and it hurt to breathe. And now my life just feels like there's so much more joy in it and so much more happiness in it and excitement because I'm doing fun things and my life is moving forward and I'm making a difference in other people's lives. And so, you know, there just really is so much hope. I remember one day sitting next to my friend at a church meeting and I was just in tears saying, I just can't take this anymore. If my life is going to be like this for the rest of my life, I don't want to live it. And she got really mad at me. And she says, Julie, knock it off. This isn't the end of the world. You're not going to be like this forever. And I wish that I could go back to that girl, that me back then and say, she's right. Yeah. It's better. It's not always going to be this hard. And so, yeah, there's just so much to look forward to on the other side of the pain that you're in. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you, when you shared your experience early on and you're talking about not only had your brother passed away, but you were experiencing significant financial challenges. And, and I can totally relate to that, you know, having had a young family and, and lots of financial um, challenges with a young family, there is grief 
and not only the death of a loved one, but there's grief in financial challenges. When we have, you know, grief is really just that opportunity to adjust to change. That's not an adequate definition for, you know, when we lose a loved one, but really that's the core of it is when we experience changes that are painful that creates feelings of grief. And so it's like it was piled on top of you. But then you found some purpose in that you knew that your kids needed you. Yes. And, and that was your first piece of purpose. But as I'm listening to you talk, I'm like, I'm seeing how you built your life around purpose. You know, first, it may have been your kids. Like, I, I want to, I want to do better. I want to get better. I want to move forward for my kids. But then you've built this life of purpose around fun things, fun activities, around helping others and making a difference. And so then you're living this purpose-filled life. Yes, exactly. And because of the pain that I've been in, because of the challenges and the struggles, I am so passionate about helping other people so that they don't have to suffer like I have, and they don't have to search for 17 years for the answers. I know how to help you get through what you're going through so that you can have that purpose, so that you can have that peace on the other side. And because I'm so driven towards that. Uh, It's really exciting to be able to see people's lives change as as we navigate those things together. A hundred percent agree with that. When I started this whole coaching journey, I, I was like, how can I help people get from here to there without all of that searching and and anguish and the the pain of just even trying to figure out what the next right step was, Uh right? Like, it's just so, so challenging. Um, So recently you went through the coach training program that I do, the grief coach training program. And I would love for you to talk about like how that changed your perspective on grief and navigating grief and some of your ahas and your experience with that. Oh my goodness. I was, it was such a life-changing experience. When you mentioned that you were going to do the training, I was immediately drawn to it, but I didn't realize exactly what I was getting into because I, while I've had a lot of grief experiences in my life and I've only mentioned a couple, I didn't realize uh, what was all involved and what was a part of it. Like one of the things that I learned in the grief training was that grief is a season. When my brother passed away, my mom taught us that you never get over this, that this is that you never recover from losing a child and that there is nothing worse in the world that can happen to you. And I have ever since been terrified of losing anyone that is even close to me because of that. But as I learned that grief can be a season and that we can have that that post-traumatic growth, that we can actually come out on the other side in a better space, that just felt so comforting to me. And then as I worked through the program myself, what's really interesting is you would think that when I worked through the program myself, I would work on like my losing my brother or some of the other challenges, but I worked on being a mom and a lot of the pain that I felt for the, the, the balls that I dropped as a mom and the, the challenges that I didn't meet the way I would have liked to. And after I had worked through the program myself, it was, it wasn't very long after that it was mother's day. 
And it was the first Mother's Day in 30 years. And I felt peace. And I thought, oh my gosh, I am a good mom. And I couldn't have done that if I had to work through the program. And then I had the opportunity to start coaching some people who had, who had felt some grief in their own life. One, one sweet lady who hadn't lost anyone close to her, but had lost some of the dreams that she'd had for her life. And then a dear sweet friend who had lost his daughter in a car accident. And as I started working with these people, and I started, I started to hear their stories and I started to work through their pain with them. I realized that this is sacred space and that to walk with somebody through their grief is, is, a, is an experience of honor. And what a blessing to be able to help them to navigate through that pain and to find that hope and to see that they can have purpose and happiness on the other side. And I would recommend this program to anyone, not only to go through it yourself so that you can have that healing in places that you don't even realize that you need it, but also so that you can be an instrument in helping other people so they don't have to struggle the way that maybe you have. Mm, that's beautiful. I, I remember getting that message from you on Mother's Day. Um, what a beautiful experience for you. It was to be in that space of, you know, and you, you just this idea that grief can come not only from a obvious loss, but it can come from our expectations of what life should look like versus what our life does look like versus the reality of what we've lived our expectations are a lot loftier. We hold ourselves to a standard that's unrealistic that we're we're not able to attain. And so then when we feel that gap, that can create so much pain. You know, after, after my kids died, my boys who were still at home, my girls had gone off to college that my older two girls had gone off to college and my my son was 15. My, my youngest son was 12 um, when Carrie and David died. And um, for three years, I was just in this state of, of not functioning, of laying in bed a lot, of watching a lot of stupid, tragic TV, um, because that's where my mind was. That's where my energy was. That's where my you know, that's, that's what I related to. And I was, and here's my boys at the most vulnerable part of life in their teenage years with a mom that was, was not available emotionally. And a lot of times, even physically not available. Yeah. Did they have clothes to wear and a place to live and food to eat? Yeah. But I wasn't supporting them in the way that I, as a mother, wanted to and thought that they deserved. But that's where self-compassion comes in. And we re- recognize that. And, you know, one of the things that I I realized, and, and maybe you've had this same experience too, is that God knew. God knew my heart. 
God knew that my kids were not meant to be here longer than eight and 10 years. God knew that it was going to be really, really difficult for me. And I was going to struggle. My husband was going to struggle and our family was going to struggle. He knew that my boys were going to be 12 and 15 and that they were going to be at very vulnerable places in their life. And that I wasn't going to be the mom to them that I had been to my older girls. And did I make mistake with my older girls? Absolutely. I made mistakes then too. But at some point, I just realized that God knew all of that. And this was part of their experience too. I love that perspective. And I've seen that in my own life because I was an anxious mom and because my kids did have challenges because of that. Uh, They are also more resilient because of that. But one thing that's really helped me a lot is, is that connection with God and getting those answers and that, that inspiration from God to help to navigate that. Even when I'm really struggling, I, and even when I'm not really struggling, I need those answers of, okay, what's my next right step? Or how do I navigate this challenge with this child? Or how do I solve this problem? And so when we can get those answers uh, that we're looking for, that can not only give us peace, but also the ability to solve those problems that are in front of us. And I actually have something for all the listeners today. If you go to my website, juliehawks.com, I have four specific ways you can receive inspiration. These are just four little, little exercises that you can do to get those answers that you're looking for. So you're going to want to run over there. It's free. It's just a, it's a one page sheet that has some really helpful information so that you can get that information that you need. So it's Julie Hawks. It's H-A-W-K-E-S.com. Awesome. I love that. And, you know, and one of the things that's challenging when we're overwhelmed with emotion is sometimes it's hard to feel that inspiration. And one of the things that I learned, and perhaps you could speak to this too, is that when I got to the other side, when I wasn't so overwhelmed with emotions, when I was, um, when I was in a better space, I could look back on the previous three years that were so, so hard and see that I was guided all along the way, that God never deserted me through all of that, even though I felt deserted at times, even though I felt um, that I couldn't receive the same inspiration that I had before, that in fact, I was, I was receiving that. And so if you're listening and, and, and we're talking about, you know, feeling inspired and, and feeling that inspiration to do the next right thing, I, I would just encourage you to recognize that that you are being inspired, that there is help from God from the other side all along the way, even when we don't feel it. And that as we just live in that intention of being inspired, of, of wanting to do the next right thing, the next right thing will find us and we will we will experience that. I agree with that 100%. And I've 
seen that in my own life. I've also, because, because that grief, because that anxiety, because those big emotions sometimes get in the way of feeling that inspiration, there's a couple of things that you can do that can help you to work through that. And I would like to mention too, the first is music. If you will listen to uplifting music, uh, music that reminds you that you are loved or classical music, then that will penetrate the pain that you're feeling so that you, it opens your heart up to feeling some of the peace that God wants to give you and also some of those answers. The other thing that is really, really helpful is to remember. I remember when I was really, really struggling, I'd have days where the whole day was just so dark and painful. And I would have little moments of clarity or little moments of peace. And I would just pray to be able to remember how that felt so that when I was really struggling again, I could remember that it was good. But just remembering answers to prayers or remembering past experiences of peace or miracles, again, not only does that bring you peace in the moment, but it also opens you up to receiving more of the same thing. And so I would recommend those two things when you're really struggling. Remember the past miracles and turn on that uplifting music so that it can penetrate some of that pain that you're feeling. I 100% agree with everything that you just said. And I think in that remembering process, we're practicing gratitude for those moments. And gratitude is so powerful in in those moments to, to open us up to, you know, we... It's not that we can eliminate pain overnight, but we can experience those moments of peace. We can experience those moments when we can see light, when we can experience light. And it's it's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank you for those reminders to, to remember past miracles, to remember those moments of peace, to, to hang on to those and to um, to use uplifting music. I, I think that's, that's wonderful. And those, those definitely have been pieces that have been instrumental in my own growth and, and experience as well. Anything um, else that you would like to share with us and, and also share how they can reach you? You shared a little bit, but anything, any last comments or experiences or thoughts that you'd like to share before we close? Yes. The first and most important thing that I would share is that when you're feeling pain and when you're feeling this grief, there is a way through it. And Julie knows the way she's, she's done it. She has had these healing experiences and I would without hesitation recommend working through her program so that you can release and let go of some of that grief so that you can see that you can see the hope that's on the other side. I wish I would have met her 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it would have helped me so much. And secondly, I know as you are listening to this, that some of you are being called, you can feel that you can feel that tug in your heart that you are being called to this work. You are being called for a reason. Listen to that tugging. Take a leap and do this training so that you can change other people's lives and so you can be that instrument of hope for someone else. Oh, and how to reach me. Uh, JulieHawks.com is a great way to find me. Uh, You can go on my website. I have some free stuff there. You can get to know me a little bit. Uh, You can find me on Instagram. It's Julie underscore Hawks underscore energy underscore coach. You can find me on Facebook and I'm just going to give you my phone number so that if you want to text (laughs) me, you could do that. My phone number is 208-206-6669 and text me with your questions. 
questions, I'd love to help you out. Awesome. Oh my gosh. This has been a joy. I'm so happy we had this opportunity to have this conversation and to share this with you. I hope that this has been helpful to you. And as you reflect on this conversation that Julie and I just had, I would encourage you to to think of one thing that you can do today that will make a difference for you. And maybe that's picking a song that you love and putting that on your playlist and listening to it every day. But whatever you choose, I hope this has been as wonderful an experience for you as it has been for me. Thank you, Julie. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate it more than you know. I loved, loved, loved talking to Julie. She's a a very good friend and I always enjoy talking to her. But recently I was asked to share some of my proudest moments and all my proudest moments include stories of clients reaching out to share how their life has changed for the better. And I guess I should, I should preface this with, I was asked to share some of my proudest moments in my business (laughs) because of course all my proudest moments in life wouldn't be centered around my clients as much as I love them to death. But one of those proud moments that, that I had in my business was this past Mother's Day this year. And it was actually Julie, who you just heard from, who texted me on Mother's Day. And this is what she said. I'm having a completely different experience this Mother's Day compared to the last 30 years. I feel peace and joy today. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your grief program. It has truly changed my life. More people need this. And I I got that message and I was so grateful for her message and to to play a part in that experience that she had through the training in grief. But it wasn't until I was sharing that experience in this event I was at that I realized the profound connection between Julie's post, or her, not her post, I'm sorry, between Julie's text message, the day, and the anniversary. As she shared in the interview, she did the coach training recently, and she worked on her relationship with motherhood during that training. And she texted me that on Mother's Day, which also happened to be the 15th anniversary of the accident. And it was such a profound moment when I I saw that connection, when I saw everything had come full circle. From 15 years ago, when I was in devastating pain from the loss of my children, and for the three years after that, that that dark space of grief where I wasn't functioning well, where I wasn't showing up for myself or my family, coming out out of that, going through that, and then getting into this space where I'm sharing these truths about grief and about hope and about healing and the tools of rebuilding. 
So I was so grateful for that experience this week to to see the power of hope and healing. It really is powerful, and I'm so incredibly grateful. I would love to invite you to join us in the True Hope Club. Just this last week, we talked about a very significant block that keeps us from healing. And we talked about how to move through that block and what we need to see differently, how we need to see the truth of grief and healing differently in order to move through that block. So I hope you'll join us in the True Hope Club. As I'm saying this, I know that you've been thinking about it. I know that you've considered it. I know you've probably gone to the page, buildalifeafterloss.com slash join. And for some reason, maybe you didn't click the button, but today is your day. Join us there. Get the tools of healing. It's all there. We're so grateful to provide that for you. And we can't wait to see you in the club. Remember, I believe in you. Love you. Bye.